Thank you for joining me for another episode of I'd Rather Be Dead Than Dopesick. Went to Skid Row this morning and I'm doing laundry right now and so I'll have to stop for, I don't know, in 20 minutes maybe. No biggie. Oh, 15. And then started again. But anyways, um, uh, yeah, I saw Bino on the way to going to the Dream Center and, um, yeah, he's fine. Um, (laughs) anyways, um, yeah, he, he's fine. He, uh, it's his birthday today, and I want to give him a present tomorrow on the way to church. He wants to go, so, um, my friend Anthony is coming out here from Bakersfield, and that's gonna be a great time, because yeah, I haven't seen him for a couple of years, but, um, yeah, and then, um, maybe we'll go to Skid Row, uh, I don't know, we could probably go to the 99 cent store, or go somewhere and get, like, a bunch of, you know, um, hygiene, or, because I'm almost out of all my supply of (laughs) um, stuff for the homeless. I haven't had a chance to um, stock up. All I have is white bees. But, yeah, so... um, That'll be fun. Go to church. Well, I'm trying to think. Okay, go to the methadone clinic. Depends on how early he gets here. Because if he gets here early, then I want to go to Skid Row. And then maybe pick up uh, a couple of people. If if I can get him to get in Anthony's car. <laughs> um I know there's one person that I should probably be able to get in the car um, to go with us. And then, I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But then, um, I definitely want to go to the clinic and get Bino and Heather. So, um yeah, hopefully they'll both be there, but yeah, um, I'm sure Bino will be there, because he always is Sundays, uh, so, yeah, that should be cool, and then maybe, oh, since there's a car, since Anthony's car, maybe we could all schlep up to the Dream Center and eat, um, Maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, and then, or go to Skid Row, or go to the store. And gosh, I wish I was gonna get my food stamps. T- 
tomorrow, but no, not until Monday. Anyway, so that um, I could buy some snacks or something. And... But at least go to Skid Row and go street witnessing. Because since Anthony has been out street witnessing with me before, it's so funny because... Uh, a couple years ago, he was, like, really, um, just started to learn how to walk the Christian walk, and he was excited, but I think a little apprehensive, and so I would take him, like, walking, we would just go out, and I'm like, let's go street evangelize, (laughs) it's just like, go up to anybody, and just be like, hi, how you doing, my name's Lori, and this is my friend Anthony, and, you know, um, do you know Jesus, or whatever, just start talking to them, have you ever heard the gospel, or whatever, and just start talking to them, or, um, you know, if, I don't remember if we had, oh, a couple of, well, I think one time he had a a couple pairs of pants to give to somebody, and yeah, um, but yeah, he was very, well, we were talking today, and he was saying he was very, like, you know, um, I think he said scared, or, you know, kind of intimidated, I guess, which, of course, you know, a lot of people are, when they first, um, go out there, and, uh, and then, um, now he, he goes out there on his own, and, um, he actually said he, I'll have to ask him tomorrow, but watches something, some guy or somebody on YouTube on how to share the gospel or share your testimony when you go out you know, on the street and talk to people or whatever. And so he's gotten more bold. So that's cool. We can go out to Skid Row. Well, we were just saying that because he was out on Skid Row for, I don't know how long, um, off and on for years, way longer than me. Um, probably like, 15, 20 years off and on, I don't know, but, and, uh, and he always had a good reputation down there, though, um, but, yeah, he was a junkie, and, um, and then, uh, switched up, did everything, pretty much, and, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, it'll be really cool for people to see him clean and sober and, um, be able to share the gospel with people or, you know, share, uh, testimony, um, and how God's changed his life. Um, most of the people I see out there, oh, I saw some, uh, someone, uh, Cynthia that, she saw me and she was like oh my god she goes didn't you used to be with so and so and I was like yeah and she goes I just saw him she goes you look so good I can't believe it you like so that was cool and she let me pray for her and we exchanged numbers so oh I have to remember 
Okay, wait. There's two people. Oh my gosh, where is my memory going? I have to call her. Oh my gosh, I got somebody else's phone number too. No, not Ryan. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to ask Angel whose number I got. Because it was two people. Oh my gosh, my brain. Okay, I'll think about it later. But I'm going to have to remember because... Oh, a girl named Tiffany. Okay, yeah, I got her number too. I got to call both of them in the morning to remind them about the buses. Okay, okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I think it would be really good if we could... Um, if we have time, maybe to get to church, I mean, get to Skid Row before church and just drive through and then, oh, and try to wake up or get our friend, my, not our friend, my, me and Junior's friend, actually, Dale, um, and either tell him to get his butt over by the mission so he can go on the Dream Center bus or jump in the car with us. But, um, yeah, it all depends on timing. So, yeah, um, but I think it would be really cool if, if we can go back down there after lunch to kill some time before going to Pasadena and just share what God has done in in Anthony's life. I mean, because most of the people I see down there that I, that know me already know my story and stuff. But I mean, it would be really cool to see another person that is free and clean and sober and that God you know, has transformed his life, and that's, like, the most important thing, like, to see, literally see with their own eyes somebody whose life has been transformed, that you used to know this person on the street, tore up from the floor up, and now you're a completely different person, so, yeah, that, and it gives other people hope, you know, so, yeah, so, that should be cool, and then, um, yeah, today was pretty cool, um, thankfully it wasn't too hot, but it was hot, but, uh, man, there's just, well, there's one guy, Angel, that ends up uh, just walking with us, just to be with us, and he's such a nice kid, but, man, I just, sometimes it's just so hard to, like, (sighs) people are so stuck, you know, and, and then I saw another friend, and just, 
she said that there's like some skin disease going around and her arm was all jacked up and then we saw Caroline Caroline she's on a lot or, or I don't know a lot but many at least five um soft white underbelly videos interviews um she was okay today she was and she let us pray for her too and um that's the biggest thing when I go out there I I want to be able to pray for as many people as possible because I believe that God will transform their lives eventually even if it's not instantly but so um that was pretty cool oh my gosh it's getting hot and let me see oh I have a few minutes before I have to go put my clothes in the dryer but um yeah I got home and then I gotta turn on the fan it is hot um and then I got a bunch of emails from Junior and he sounds sad and but he sounds I don't know you know, I don't know. Um, he said that he's going to go to the Dream Center, but, you know, and I want to believe that, but seeing is believing, and so, uh, I don't know what to say, you know, until I see it. I, I've... <laughs> I told him that I, he wouldn't hear from me again. And I'm going back and forth like, do I give him grace? I mean, of course, grace. And, you know, he said he hopes that I really forgave him. Of course I forgive him. Forgiveness is a choice. I don't, I don't have any animosity toward him at all. Um... But at the same time, I can be very indifferent and I can grow cold or turn my feelings off. And I don't do it in, I don't know. I don't know if that's like my defense mechanism or guarding my heart, I guess. You know, I don't, I don't basically, I mean, I can forgive all day long, seriously, you know. And but I'm not going to allow myself to get sucked into drama again or, you know, get emotionally caught up in anything uh, at this time ever. <laughs> I mean, not ever, but yeah, I can't afford to do that. It's just no. Um, so I... Uh, yeah, I have to see evidence and and consistency and actions, not just words. So, you know, and then I'm also praying because if because I don't even know if it's just words to try and get me to start talking to him again, which is why I won't. But the thing is, the only thing I was thinking about 
writing to him is just make sure that this is what you want. I mean, make sure because if you go and you leave again, that's it. I mean, not that we could never have a friendship, maybe in the far future, or, um, I just, it's just, no, you know, I mean, it's really hard, because I don't know, I don't know what God wants, oh, I have 30 seconds before my alarm's going to go off, so I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Uh, oh, shoot. Um, yeah, so, got a bunch of hangers here on the bed. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I want to believe the best and I believe he has the best intentions but his follow through has consistently not followed through. (laughs) So, and it's nothing to do with not loving him it's just going by past record. I mean, past whatever. Uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for. But past experiences for me watching and um, the pattern of impulsively deciding to do something and then when it gets hard giving up and walking away and and I get it because I've done it so many times in the past and so it's it's something that needs to be broken you know uh, uh, over and over and over again like no matter what you feel like you have to just push through and with everything you got just not do what you normally would do and that takes discipline and it takes just persistence and a strong will power you know of just I am not leaving come hell and high water I'm not going to give up no matter what. And so, you know, um, I don't know. You know, I'm praying that he can do this and that he'll do it. But like I said, I can't, you know, count on it. Um, uh, Whatever happens, you know, God is in control ultimately but he's in charge he's I don't know I just you know um 
gosh, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have to see it to believe it. Words just aren't gonna cut it, and so um, I don't know if I should tell him that now or if I should give him some more time to, you know, think about it and. Because he really needs to be seriously counting the cost and thinking, you know, about this, like, to make sure that this is what he really wants. And that, I mean, of course... It's important that he realizes that that God wants to change his life too. I mean that wants him to change his life. I mean it's a teamwork of course, but it's just how do I say it? Like we have to make the choice and then God can step in and enable us to do what he's called us to do and the surrender thing of just going okay God whatever you want me to do I will do it no matter what no matter how hard things get no matter what I'm just gonna listen for your voice and do what you tell me to do I mean that's really the only way to To do it. I mean just to. I don't know. And I feel bad. In the sense that. I don't think that. Junior has ever. Ever. Thought about consequences. Or had. Like. I mean I'm sure he's had consequences. Especially prison. But relationship wise I don't know that he's ever been in well I don't think he's ever been in a healthy relationship but um, in a relationship where well a healthy relationship I mean gosh and I, I neither have I really I mean like a lot healthier than he has but um yeah. Uh so yeah, Anthony and I were talking and he was like, Yeah, you've been out with some pretty crazy guys. <laughs> like we were talking about the one BS uh that's what his street name, BS he like put me in the hospital just completely whacked out uh, that was probably probably the scariest thing I've ever been through my entire life with it was just crazy because he was a really good boyfriend like a gentleman. I mean, of course he was street, but 
I can't explain it. He was a really nice guy. And I mean, <laughs> that tried to kill me. <laughs> no, but he was... Well, narcissist. I, Gosh, what is it about empaths always attracting narcissists? But, um, it, I mean, seriously, well, I guess, you know, when they say too good to be true, because it usually is, um, if it looks too good to be true, it, it, it usually is. Like, usually always. Very rarely isn't. <laughs> Um, and he was in the beginning amazing and now looking back the guy was a full on narcissist but treated me so well and just was amazing and then slowly became more and more controlling and manipulating and especially controlling, but he used to be a pimp, a gorilla pimp, which is, a gorilla pimp is the most scary pimps, the, the violent, the, uh, yeah, they're, they're the kind that will, like, kidnap a girl and throw her in a van and, you know, uh, beat her down and, and have her raped by, you know, 30 guys to break her and then uh, put her out on the street. And so, and I was like, I don't know when he told me that. I was, I kind of almost didn't believe him because he was not a very, well, he was very, uh, I was going to say muscly. He was very he was very fit and in shape and um but he was very short. I mean what 5'5 five, five maybe very barely taller than I was. But um he was from Haiti dreads and he was um but he was I don't know how to explain. It. But anyways uh, he would sell cigarettes on the corner and, um, and he would dance and he was just, I thought he was cute, you know, whatever. And, um, but I liked his, his personality. And then when we started going out, then, it, uh, I don't remember when, I know he told me that he was a gorilla pimp at one point, but I don't know how much into our relationship. But anyway, so uh, I noticed the signs of the the manipulation and the control of like, you know, who are you talking to? You know, with my phone, like who, who just wanting to know everything I was doing, everything I was talking to, and if some guy tried to talk to me, he would get um, very... Okay, so that was my neighbor. Um, he called, and 
I don't really even remember what I was saying. Oh, I was talking about BS. Um, about how he got really very subtly controlling. But the night, I, and I can't even remember. Well, I remember one time we were on six in San Julian. And some guy, God, I can't remember what happened. Some guy, I remember he was like ex-military or something. He, I think he was like, I don't know. He was talking to me. He walked by, we started talking. And it was just like a casual nothing. I don't know. And then BS got jealous and I can't remember what I was like dude what are you tripping on I I think the guy asked me a question like something nothing you know and um, and then I think he god I can't remember if he slapped me Or he pushed me. I don't know. He did something. And I turned around and I socked him in the side of his head. And he goes, oh, my God. He was like, he's like, oh, I'm actually seeing stars. (laughs) He was like. I was so mad, and yeah, he was very surprised, and he was like, oh my God, I can't believe you punched me that hard, (laughs) but I was like, I can't even remember why that happened, and then there was another time when I was going to stay with my friend Dennis, and to get away from him because he would he always tried to take my passport thinking because that's what pimps do they take your passport or your id so they have some control over you and i mean it's better if you're in another country but um yeah so he would always try to take my passport but um because i didn't have id my id was already long gone but and then um he was mad he was like you're not leaving me or I I can't remember and I I went over to to Dennis's he was staying at a a motel and then um BS shows up and it's we're just about ready to get I forgot the name of the motel and then um because he lived there and Another total gentleman. But no, he really was. <laughs> he he really was. Like, he never tried anything. He wanted to. He entered around, but he ne- he never tried anything. I was like, dude, it ain't going to happen. But, um, because um, I, I really liked the guy. He was my friend. When I really like a guy as a friend, like, I already know what's going to happen if anything goes on. It's just like, oh, no. Like, I have no respect for you anymore and I 
and especially if if something happens and then all of a sudden they want to be with me I would just be like no I'm sorry it ain't gonna happen like I just totally well now I'm saying it I sound more like a dude but seriously like if if we ended up sleeping together, I would just be like, whatever. I mean, this is how I was. I, I don't sleep around anymore. I have not even been with anybody now for... Let's see. Four years. Four years. Um, yeah. And... Um, yeah, because I wasn't with my ex because he had hep C. I had gotten the treatment and it cleared and he would not get it. I'm like, dude, why don't you go get the treatment? Because I'm not going to, you know, sleep with you and then get it again after I had to go through the treatment. Uh, sorry, no way. So, yeah. Um so anyways, uh, yeah, so, and Dennis to this day, I saw Dennis, I've seen him a few times on Skid Row when we're with the Dream Center, he's like, I never understood why you never liked me, and I'm like, it's not that I didn't like you, you're my friend, I, I don't know, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter, but, um, yeah, so, uh, we were going to go, and then BS come, I think, yeah, yeah, he was riding a bike. He jumps off the bike, and then he grabs my purse and tells me, you stole all my socks, or s something stupid, like, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and then he grabs my purse and dumps out everything and spit in my face and when he spit in my face I just wailed on him and um and then if I remember correctly I think Dennis stepped in and said stop it like I mean to like I can't remember but uh oh my gosh and then me and Anthony will talk about what happened <laughs> with him again this guy, yeah, I ended up one time jumping up on top of him and just like pounding him, just, oh my gosh, talk about dysfunctional, jeez, I mean, now that I'm talking about it, I'm going, what in the world was I thinking while well, I was on drugs? But the day that of the night that he put me in the hospital, I, I think I might have shared this before, that I shared a cigarette with some guy, and BS used to sell cigarettes, and, and he was like, how dare you share a cigarette with that guy? And I'm like, what? I mean, I'm sorry, but when you're on Skid Row or you're homeless, you're not like 
worried about germs. I mean, I wasn't. I, um, maybe some people are, you know, hypersensitive with that. Junior's kind of hypersensitive with that. But um, not that hypersensitive because he slept, or, yeah, and got HIV. But, um, like, he was pretty, very clean with the, as far as, like, sharing needles and stuff. Because he was always at the needle exchange. He didn't need any you know, to share needles because he always had needles. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, who knows, but when you're loaded and or you're dope sick and then if somebody has a syringe that still has some stuff in there and you're sick and, you know, you don't have time to go, whatever. I mean, it's already been used or, you know, and you just like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And you're not thinking, you know, so I've done crap like that before when I've been dope sick. So, you know, who knows? It doesn't matter. But anyways, so, but, you know, sharing cigarette, I'm just like, whatever, you know, I mean, God, when I was homeless, this is really gross. But I was like, I would pick up butts, cigarette butts on the ground, you know, like who knows who smoked that, you know, it's disgusting, but you know, it's like, it was crazy. Anyways, so, um, BS was like, I can't believe, he goes, I'm not going to kiss you. You, you shared a cigarette with that guy. It's like, I'm kissing him. And I was like, oh my gosh, whatever, dude. And so I didn't think anything. I was like, okay. So then, but it must have bugged him because that night when I went, we had, we usually stayed by the train tracks. Like we had to take the bus and go all the way down by the train tracks. And he had like a setup that was so cool. I mean, just, it was like we didn't get rained on anything. It it was really cool. Um, he definitely knew how to set things up, like just uh, with the tarp, and even made candles and shower. And um, yeah, he was in the military before, but so. Um, but we had a tent in case we wanted to not have to go back to the spot, and. He, uh, it was like only a four-man tent. I mean, a a small one, two-man, four-man. I don't know. It was pretty small. But um, on six, kind of by the police station between San Pedro and Wall. And so I went in the tent, and he had already been in there drinking vodka. And then... um, crack and when he smoked crack he would go completely crazy but just act really weird but then I I just was getting well and I you know cooking up my dope and trying to find a vein and then and then he had a porn addiction which that is just like I don't want to go out with anybody that has a problem with porn like I mean, probably everybody does nowadays, but that crap is so demonic and so evil. But anyways, it's just a big open door. Hello, like 
come on demons but anyways so he was he I think he had a magazine and then he wanted to have sex and I was like no like I'm trying to fix here you know and I don't even remember how it happened but like within a matter of seconds he was on top of me and it wasn't to have sex it was to choke me and and it's like every single thing that I ever had done in our whole entire relationship to that bugged him he brought it up at that point and that's the scary thing about people who are not healthy and who do not know how to communicate and say this is my concern with junior that if you aren't communicating in a healthy way and saying you know what um when you did that that hurt my feelings or you know um or we t- could talk about some whatever you know something that's bothering you then in a healthy way and talk it out and communicate instead of letting stuff build up build up build up build up and then all of a sudden bam blow up and that's the thing i mean i was like what the heck what I mean it's like oh yeah when you did this and when you did that and when you did and I'm like what where is this I mean I, I don't even remember doing half of these things and then he but he was choking me and he because he had been in the military he said that he knew how to choke somebody right before they blacked out and um and that's what he was doing to me he was like choking me and and because he jumped on me i guess that's how well and he had his knee in my chest and he broke my ribs and um yeah that was some crazy he was just choking me and i was flailing around just completely like i felt like i was drowning and i couldn't uh, uh, his face he did not even look human he looked like a demon like and it was cre- like the predator or something you know cuz he's got those like dreadlocks flying around everywhere <laughs> and I'm just like and he was really dark and and I I was just like oh my gosh I've never been so terrified in all my life and and I'm trying to breathe and I was pulling on his dreadlocks and the tent is moving around and i guess the the sticks a couple of the sticks broke and then when um he finally let go he ha- he grabbed me and had me sit up and on my knees well obviously cuz the tent was too small for me to stand up in but and then he took the the vodka bottle it was plastic but still it was, it was you know 5 liters and and it was almost it, it was at least halfway full and he grabbed it and hit me in the face with it like 
over and over. And then I was like, you know, screaming. And he's like, shut up. Don't talk. Don't make a sound. Do not cry. Do not move. He goes, if you so much as flinch, he goes, I will beat you so bad. You will be unrecognizable. So I was terrified. And he's like, you need to just sit there and literally not move. And he just hit me over and over and over. And that's, I guess, how I got concussion, two concussions, two contusions, my rib. I mean, my ribs. Well, yeah, my ribs were broken. And then my, um, my, the left side of my jaw. Um, I can't remember if it was broken or I think it, no, because if it was broken, I would have to have it sewed up, I think, or something. I don't know, but my jaw was jacked up. And then, um, after he, uh, hit, I'm not kidding. He hit me probably at least 20 times. And, um, and then on the side of my head and then uh, on the left side of my head. And then afterwards he told me to take all my clothes, throw them in the trash, pick out the, the smallest, shortest pair of shorts and a, in a tank top and it was November and it was freezing and he said I'm gonna put you on the track and you're gonna work he goes see what you did to my tent you ruined my pet my tent um, he goes you're gonna pay for it and you're gonna make enough money um, to pay for that and to buy tickets to Florida uh, and yeah, it was weird. He's like, you, you can set the price, but you're going to have to make enough money. You're going to work until you make enough money. And, and this is a side of him I had never seen. And it just was completely terrifying. And, but he was drunk too. So it was weird. He was, I don't know, he kept going in and out. And then, um, uh, but I've always had a bladder problem, so I was like, I really need to go to the bathroom. And it was, the tent was too small to have an actual bucket in there to use as a toilet. And um, so I was like, can I go to the bathroom? I got to go to the bathroom. And, and uh, But I'm praying, and I'm like, God, please, please, I have to get out of here. I am not going anywhere with him. I am not going to Florida with him. I will never be seen again. If I, And he told me. He goes, if you, if you run or if you try to leave me, he goes, I will kill, I will find your kids and I will kill them and I will murder you. I will chop you up in so many pieces. You're not going to be, no one's going to be able to recognize you. See what you, see what I, I'm doing to you when we're 500 feet away from the police station. Imagine what I'll do to you if you leave me. So I was like, oh my gosh, um, terrified. Everybody calling me when I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah, that, I just was praying and asking God, please, 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 like, just let me get out of here. I I didn't know what, I was able to, 
Um, I asked him if I could use the restroom, and he said, come right back. And while I'm asking him, he's nodding out. He didn't do heroin, but it was like he was drunk, or I don't know, maybe it was God. Well, yeah, I'm sure. But, But he literally passed out, like just got really sleepy and then just laid down and I even was able to get my passport like it was right by him (laughs) I took my passport and I ran across the street and some older black lady was across the street and I was like did did, did you hear anything that and she was I don't know and I was just terrified. I, I was so shaken up, and I just ran across the street. And I'm pretty sure I already shared this story, but yeah. And my friend Red was white boy, like with red, long red hair, heroin addict too. And he was like, he he didn't really like BS anyway. But um, yeah, he was like, call the police, and I was like, no. Yeah, I was just, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty, I, I know I shared this story. I don't want to go on about it, but, um, yeah, I don't know how long I was with him, but I would say I was with him for a good four to five months. And long enough for me to have seen the signs yeah I I don't know man but because this is what it is I'm realizing with narcissists like when it's good it's really good and when it's bad it is really bad and I still haven't figured out I don't know. I don't know. There, I, like I said, a lot of us have narcissistic tendencies and traits, and drug addicts do, like most all of them, because, yeah, like when we're in our addiction, we're the center of our world, our reality. The world centers around us. And so, yeah, we're very selfish and, you know, just, I don't know, I don't know, I just have to be very careful, and, um, because I went out with this guy for months before, then all of a sudden, he tries to kill me, and I don't even think that's, like, Junior's even capable of, of that, because he's just, He's not in the same category as this guy, but um, his temper is so scary sometimes, but it's a different kind of temper. It's not like a, it's more like a childlike, childish temper, whereas this guy was like, uh, I'm going to kill you temper, (laughs) just like crazy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying I'm sounding like I'm just justifying, but but I just uh, Junior is so 
he's got such a beautiful heart seriously even though as an addict he's selfish and you know hustling manipulating controlling just like every addict I don't know maybe I'm lying to myself but I don't think I am I don't know you know I just see how he can be apart from the drugs so you know I don't know but the only way I'll really be able to see that is if he's not on drugs and he's in a program so I could find out who the real him is so I don't know but so um but I'm looking back at certain people especially when I was on Skid Row well I like I said I only went out with four guys when I was on Skid Row and the first guy I don't even remember his name because it was a kind of a a different name it started with a that's all I know um and he was actually a really nice guy but yeah at the same time he was an addict so we actually you you like way later after we had stopped seeing each other and stuff like we hung out a couple times he was he was really cool but he was a crack addict but um um but he was trying to get me to go turn tricks, you know, and yeah, that's, I mean, but that's, you know, whatever, the best way for a female to make money, but, um, and then Junior, and then my ex, and who, somebody, that girl, Cynthia, told me that he's, like, got dementia, She's like, he doesn't even know what he's doing most of the time. And it's just really sad. So I think Anthony and I will go look for him tomorrow. So he can see Anthony clean and sober and doing good. And maybe have some hope. But yeah. <sighs> I don't know. And again, this is my podcast. So I can talk about what I want to talk about. And I'm not saying anything negative about Junior. And I love him. It's just, I'm venting my concerns. Ouch. Oh my gosh, my leg is cramping. It's been cramping all day. Ouch. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I just need to be so careful and so sure. And the only way that I can see consistent change is if he goes into the program. And the it has to be the Dream Center because I, I would have to be able to see with my own eyes, you know, and... Okay, wow. Seems like I've, I don't know, man. Seems like I've been on here a lot longer than what it says I've been on for. But anyways, um, yeah, my alarm went off and then I went and got my laundry. But yeah, so um, the only proof that I would really 
see, be able to see is if Junior went to the Dream Center because I know, not everybody, but I know people there mostly. And um, so there would be some accountability and I would know if he was really, you know, um, genuinely like in it. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody can really fake. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he would either, but, um, I, he's got a strong will. I, I could see him being able to just push through it. Um, but my thing is the genuine transformation because doing it on your own self-will is not transformation. It's not Holy Spirit. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, that's a process, too, you know, because everybody... Um, grows at different paces and yeah so but yeah I mean I could I believe that I would be able to see genuine transformation and um yeah because that's why if if he went to another program somewhere else I wouldn't know how he really is and yeah plus I I'm serious. The Dream Center is, like, seriously the best. I mean, for... If you want to have a relationship with Jesus, you know, so... Yeah. But I'm getting hungry. Oh, my gosh. Um... Well, okay. Um... Oh, I didn't put music on this. (laughs) Oh, well, it doesn't matter. All right, I'm going. God bless. Uh, Thank you for listening. Hmm, I guess I got cut off. Um, What I was going to say is I would have to see with my own eyes that there's a change, a consistent, real, genuine change in Junior. And the Dream Center is really the only place and the best place really for him to go I mean if he wants to develop a relationship with God but also that I'll see him and I know people that are you know in the program or I mean it's like a huge family and you know I I'll be able to know if he's sincere or not and I mean, I think he could, definitely, he's so strong-willed, he could probably self-will it all the way through. I'm sure there's people who have done it. And yet, when you self-will it, it's not the same as being spirit-led and having the Holy Spirit work through you. So, you know... um, but self-willing it, I don't know. It's really hard to just self-will it, seriously. I think that 
it just gets harder and harder because you're doing it on your own strength. And um, I think it would be really hard to play, to to fool people. Like, um, you can only do that for so long because your true colors will eventually come out. And especially in that kind of environment, um, I mean, I suppose you could do it if you just kept your mouth shut and just... No, I think it'd be really difficult. But anyways, yeah, so... I know it'd be very, very scary for him to do it because he's never done anything like this before. So in that sense, my heart goes out to him because, well, my heart goes out to him anyway, but it's really difficult, especially even more so for a man to be vulnerable and open and just vulnerable, letting yourself be real with your emotions, your pain, the things that you've gone through, and just letting down the 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 front, the veil, and letting people know who you really are. And that's scary, you know? And plus, because I don't really think that he even knows who he is. I didn't know who I was for so long. Like, especially once I got saved, I didn't even know who I was because I had one foot in the world and one foot, you know, as a Christian, I was on the fence. I didn't know how what I was supposed to be. I mean, if I had heard of discipleship when I first got saved my life would be completely different. But I don't, I mean, obviously, you know, if that was what God had for me, I would have been in one, but it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, my life would have been completely different because, I mean, when I first got saved, I was radically, radically saved, where I was just like, you know, Jesus, I mean, I mean, I'm still like that, but I mean, just where I was just telling everybody, well, I'm still like that, but, <laughs> um, but I was like Proverbs, I don't know the address exactly, but it's like, uh, zeal without knowledge, just, you know, telling people they were going to go to hell if they died and just, you know, um, you know, Jesus died for us. I mean, just whatever, radical, just, I mean, what God had done in my life, I couldn't shut up about it. And, you know, now I still do that, but with a little bit more uh, discernment, <laughs> more subtle, oh, maybe not always, but um, just thinking it out, praying, and being spirit-led, not just blah, 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 but although sometimes I can still be blah, 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 but yeah, um, 
I didn't have a strong foundation. And so when I actually, it's like I was reading um, Matthew, uh, oh, darn it, I don't know which verse it was. Anyways, about the, um, oh, come on. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it was Luke. Well, it's in Matthew too, but, um, just about the parable of the sower, and a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, Jesus, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said to you, It has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables that they, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed of, is the word of God. Those by the wayside are ones who hear then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a little while and in time of, temp wait, and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. And that's Luke 8 verses 4 through 15. Yeah, so um, I was reading that today and I'm like, well, which one would I be? You know, because maybe I'd be the one on the rock. Because I heard, received it with joy, but I didn't have a root. I believed for a while, and then the time of temptation fell away. Um, but I could also be the second one, too, the one that fell among thorns, when, who, when they heard, go out and are choked with cares, which is, well, no, I think I'm more the rock, the one on the rock. Um, the ones that fell among thorns. 
But yeah, but this time around, I'd like to see. I was think of verse fifteen, the one that fell on good ground, and those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Yeah, um, but yeah, I definitely think that when I first got saved, I I, I really got radically saved, and I loved Jesus, but. I didn't know what being a Christian really was. I didn't know how to walk out the Christian life. I didn't realize that until after I became a Christian that there was definitely an evil for not a personal Satan devil that wanted to destroy me. And um, yeah, uh, I learned pretty quickly right after I got saved. <laughs> I had visitations and yeah. It was, uh, yeah, pretty soon, very soon, I would say within a month, I had my first uh, visitation, yeah, of demonic, yeah, um, so, yeah, um, and I didn't really know spiritual warfare then, not like I'm an expert now, but I didn't know anything back then, except for the name of Jesus. I knew when I got that name Jesus out of my mouth that that thing left, but, um, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, but I didn't realize how personal the devil is and how, well, demons... And how they want to take you out. Literally. If they, you know, once you become a Christian and you're saved and you have a calling on your life, he can't kill you. He can't, he can't, like, you're already saved. So you're, you know, like, well, Satan can keep you from reaching your destiny by just harassing you, attacking you, just messing with you constantly whenever you're trying to serve God. He doesn't really mess with you when you're not doing anything for God. He'll leave you alone, really, seriously. It's when you start serving God that he is on a, like, nonstop, you know, take you out, you know, um, hit list. So, yeah, um, and very personal, but, uh, yeah, so, um, and that's the thing, Junior never had, when he got saved in prison, he, you know, he was in a fairly, and people go through what other people call a honeymoon, a Christian honeymoon, you get saved, God just... (laughs) does a lot of things in your life you you know you you're like wow this is awesome you know god is awesome i love everybody i love this i love and then real life happens and then <laughs> things start to change and yeah but i think that it, well junior said it himself when he got saved in prison it was like a controlled environment then he goes out in the world and 
yeah, he gets hit hard and, you know, opens up doors going back to drugs. And and the thing is, I know he has such a huge calling on his life. So, and if if I can tell that, you know the enemy can. So, uh, yeah, he's going to do whatever he can to keep that from happening. So, yeah. Anyways, this is going to be way too long. Um, okay, I'm going to go exercise and take a bath. Oh, my gosh, it's already almost 7. I need to hurry up and get ready to go to bed. I mean, not right now, but I don't want to dry my hair. Uh, well, I better, maybe I'll exercise later, tomorrow. I should have exercised when I first got home, darn it. Oh, well, anyways, God bless you. Thank you for listening. <laughs>